Unite Wedding Photographers and welcome to Wedding Photographers Unite episode number 117. I'm one of your hosts, Andy Buscemi, the self-proclaimed professor of photographic pontifications in good company with the mythical legend himself, <laughs> Mr. Neil Urban. I'm back, baby. He's, he's here. <laughs> the schedule worked out and I love it. Yes. Um, uh, we are also joined by missing the last maybe two episodes or something like that now, right? Uh, as we are also joined by the chatty Kathy of the Hudson Valley, Mr. Jimmy Ferrara. Hello, I am back, baby. Good to be back, everyone. And we'll soon get to the everyone section. Yes, and I'm not done yet because also joining us is the queen of queen cities of things, of something. <laughs> the good oh, neighbor of good neighbors. Um, just so I'm, I'm, I'm doing it again. I said I wasn't going to do it last episode, but I did. Miss Lindsay Daddario. Hi, guys. She's got this cool red microphone now. Uh, it was a nice choice of color. We're messaging about that. Uh, Thank you. We're, uh, we're also joined by, uh, from our, our local area, um, uh, well-established wedding photographer, Mr. Nick D'Antonio. Am I pronouncing that right? D'Antonio. D'Antonio. It was really close, though. I want to, I wanna, like, make everything, like, the proper long vowels, and then I got to correct myself, you know? D'Antonio. D'Antonio. Yeah, if see, you want the Italian side. Italiano. Nico D'Antonio. D'Antonio. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Why didn't I get a D'Addario? Uh, and, oh. and a D'Addario. And a Boucher. And the Urban. And a Urban. <laughs> and a Urban. <laughs> no. Miscusi, miscusi. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, we got we got the five of us uh, kicking it today. Um, so I guess maybe we'll just uh, truncate our responses, but you know, but what we've been up to. But let's just stick with the formula. See what see what happens from here, um, and uh, and go from there. Uh, Mr. Jimmy Ferrara, we haven't had yes. you on in a couple episodes. Uh, where you been, man? What's going on? How you doing? I've I've been good, thanks. I know, been good, along. Uh, nothing um, out of the norm. Going back, looking at my past few weddings since my last was part of the podcast. Uh, all good. I, I'm a little behind. I just finally wrapped up one from September 7th. Uh, just finished it today. But uh, I guess that's normal, right? A month. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. fall. It's not too bad. I, I you know, I I talked to a couple last week and said, I'm getting there, guys. I'm getting there. But uh, they're like, it's fine. It's all good. I mean, month is, is fine. I like to be like three weeks at the most, but whatever. But um, but like you said, you know, like I always said, I don't rush the job. I edit myself. I call myself. Um, you know, I, I try not to shoot too much. Come back with a couple thousand images, maybe 2,500 tops. And then, uh, you know, you just got to go from there. That's the way it is, baby. Making it happen. Yep. Um, Mr. Neil Urban. Ooh, I, I just wrapped up uh, September 7th last night, and I did it in two hours. Wow. I edited a whole what? wedding in two hours. I know, right? Wow. And it was, uh, I de- ended up delivering like 1,200 images, which is awesome. Um, yeah. I, you know, did, you know, you just, did you just like batch preset that thing and then just be like, all right, that's it. I'm done. Is that what you did? 
my jaw is on my right? death. Well, okay, Two okay. Hours? Yes, yes, I, I did do that. But you know, know what I've been really, really working on this whole year? And, you know, uh, one guy from our group, uh, Luke. Luke Long. I'm sorry. Long Longnecker. Okay. He he posted, like, this whole time lapse of the, him editing, like, a I wedding that, in yeah. seven minutes. Or, no, seven hours. Which was cool. Uh, I only watched, like, about two minutes of it. And then... Um, but I kind of noticed that he crops just about every single image. Yeah. And and I and I hope he he fixes that. Um because that's one thing I I really worked on this year is nailing my compositions in camera so I don't have to do that because that saves me like 2 to 3 hours. Yeah. And Luke, man, man, really, really try it. Um, I, I know we're really finicky about the horizontal lines, but like in in past years, I thought there was something wrong with me. I could never shoot like a straight image, but I've been really, really working on that lately, and um, just really nailing my images of of lighting and in composition. And I mean, you just run through it like in in no time. And yes, I'm I'm at that stage of that time of year where I'm just like trying to pump them out, but but I mean, I was just kind of looking at them last night. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is. This is pretty good. I'm 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 quite proud of myself. However, the next one, um, I might have a little bit of an issue with, but we won't talk about that now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you always have one of those weddings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but other than that, man, I'm I'm, I'm good. Uh, we we actually had last weekend off. Um, we kind of we were gonna go like on like a little trip somewhere, but we didn't end up doing anything. We do ended up doing like a little home staycation kind of thing, and ended up getting some um some editing done. We didn't shoot at all, which was kind of cool. Kind of got caught up on that list, and we got a little bit of housework done too. I ended up uh, re- refinishing like a whole room that, that was on our list of things to do. So it's kind of cool just to stay home and, and get some personal things done as well as work, and um just kind of really really. Getting in gear for our, uh, our our Christmas season, which takes up our entire month of November, which we're, we're really excited about it, but it just takes over the whole business. So I have to have everything done by that time of, of season. Mm. So that's, mm. that's pretty much it, man. I'm good. Life is good. Mm. Cool. Uh, Ms. Daddario? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I had a wedding... Uh, out of town, much like you, Andy, except mine was unfortunately driving distance wasn't quite to Colorado. But uh, I had a, a, a few lessons that I learned on this wedding. And, you know, for however long we've all been doing this, and little things just sneak up on you all the time. So um, I, I, the mistake I made was that I did not, I trusted the drive times provided by the couple. And um, so the preparation (laughs) uh, location to the ceremony, I was told 45 minutes. And for whatever reason, I didn't map it. I map things at home all the time and check the times. And I guess because it's here, I just kind of know also like instinctively that's 15 minutes, that's 20 minutes. So she said 45 minutes. And it ended up being almost an hour and 15 minutes from the prep site to the ceremony. Uh, Add to that, it was on a university campus. And I covered my bases with that ahead of time. I said, you know, where where do we park on campus? How far away is it from uh, where we need to be? Figured all that out. So planned it so that we would be a half hour early uh, so that we could park and walk and all of that stuff. And well, because it took about a half hour longer to get there, that made us 
a half hour late because the parking ramp was almost a full mile from the chapel. So there we were, videographer, photographer, literally running across the Cornell campus with all of our gear, and it was like 82 degrees out, uh, rolled in at the, uh, you know, everyone sitting in the church just fanning themselves in the heat, waiting for us to arrive, because of course the couple was dropped off right at the door, and so everyone was just waiting for us to get there. Um, and so I worked with a videographer who was um, new to the game, and he walked in, slapped a mic on the groom, and parked himself dead center in front of mom and dad, awesome. um, like in front of the first aisle. And I thought, all right, he'll he'll move, right? Like he's just going to get a cool shot there, and then it'll be done. <clears throat> Never moved. Oh. And because we ran in at the last second, we didn't have that opportunity to make a game plan. Uh, so we never talked about where we were going to be and all of that stuff. So I have no wide angle shots of the church. And at yes, some you point, I you took one with him, at, didn't you? His legs, essentially, <laughs> and just uh, like shot up at the uh, bride and groom at a really awkward angle just to get something centered. Uh, so it was it was a rough one, um, and the whole day just kind of ran behind from there on out. Uh, and one other thing of interest happened at that wedding. Um, we set up a photo booth, uh, had an umbrella, light stand on an umbrella, and uh, the light stand accidentally up into a ceiling fan. Oh. So <laughs> made, made a real fun noise, a uh, big thumping noise, whatever. Immediately put it back down and uh, take a look up at the fan, and it's a little wobbly at first, and then it just evens itself out. Seems to be working great. Dodged a bullet. No problem. Well, 8 a.m. the next morning. Now, mind you, I didn't get home from this wedding until probably 2 in the morning. Uh, So I get a call at 8 a.m. the next day from some number I didn't know, and I had a very rude message (laughs) that said uh, a name and just, you need to call me back okay, I'm not calling you back. You're rude, whoever you are. And then 8.15, another call. 8.30, well, it's probably 9, if I'm being honest. But three calls. And at this point, I just Googled the name. Like, who is this person on a Sunday morning frantically calling me? Turns out it's somebody from the venue telling me I need to replace the fan that I broke. Uh. The fan was working fine. And because this person was very rude, I was not... um, not having the the fans not working thing. Uh, And he said it has a ding in it. And I said, a ding? Uh, Well, first of all, it's spinning. So how do you see a ding in a fan? (laughs) You need to replace it. Uh, Okay, so I'm thinking this is going to be some commercial-grade fancy fan. It's going to cost a fortune. He's frantically calling me on Sunday morning for $84. (laughs) He wants me to send him $84 in the mail. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's it was a, just one of those days, cost guys. of doing business for a venue, buddy. Yeah, how many you know, glasses like, were broken by the guests at the wedding? Right. You know, like, happened. It has a ding, and it's a barn. Like, it's fine. Yeah, I was thinking you were about getting ready, you know, that the, those $1 million, $2 million liability insurance we all carry. I was expecting you to, uh, you know, pull out half yeah. of that, you know? <laughs> he was like, I don't know if you want to make an insurance claim. I'm like, for $84? <laughs> what are you talking about? Why are you calling me so early? <laughs> so that was my weekend. Nice. That's so oh. nice. Um, Mr. Those uh, uh, those will keep you humble, won't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Lindsay, didn't you? Did you take the wide shot of of the whole church with the videographer oh, sure. standing there of to cover course. your ass? Sure. I would just deliver that. 
that's from now on that's i just i take that shot it's part of the part of the package part of the documentary experience Um, and honestly he was very kind about it after the ceremony he was like i wasn't in your way was i I figure are you kidding like how is there any human way possible you could not be in the way they don't know any better that long lenses exist it's not their fault they've never heard of long lenses before they're more expensive I'm he sorry. only had a, a 24 to 70. And honestly, he was working for a really reputable couple or couple business. Um, and I just I didn't even question him. He was he seemed very professional. And and when I told him, yes, of course, you were in the way he I could tell he was mortified. You know, he he really just wasn't thinking it all happened so fast and he felt terrible. But what can you do? They don't know. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Don, Don, Dan, Antonio, Dan, Dan, Antonio, um, who let's, first of all, why don't you just introduce yourselves, uh, briefly to our listeners, um, how long you've been shooting, um, all of that. And then, you know, as for however much you want to get into to that and then kind of just get into where you're at, you're at in your wedding season for now. Uh, yeah, my name is Nick D'Antonio. Uh, my business is. Nick D'Antonio Photography. I've been doing this for, I think, my my eighth season um, and um, sort of fell into it. I uh, kind of did a lot of landscape photography just for fun and um, rented an 85-millimeter camera, I'm sorry, lens, and uh, was at a friend's wedding. I was like, hey, do you mind if I just shoot around a little bit? And um, not knowing, I, I think I stayed out of the way. Like, I, I don't think I was that guy, but I might have been. Sounds like you um, were. But uh, the funny thing is the bride was like, yeah, sure. Why don't you come? I kind of turned into the photographer. The bride was like, hey, why don't you come uh, shoot the guys in the morning? I was like, oh, okay." Like, I had no idea what I was doing. And I did that. And then the photographer, who was like an uncle or something, she's like, yeah, he just like left during the reception. So you want to just take over? And I was like, all right. No idea how to do anything. But it went really well. And I really realized I had the sort of, the you know, the temperament to do it like i could handle the day the stress didn't get to me i enjoyed it like it was the pictures came out good and so like that week i was like all right i'm doing this nick d'antoni photography and uh you know things have progressed well i now do this full time and get to work from home um and i i love it it's crazy it's you know weddings are crazy but i love doing it and um i Let's see. So this is many, uh, this is a weird year for me. I was just about about to ask, how many do you shoot per year typically? Um, uh, I shoot for twenty twenty five. Mm. This year is a little bit low because my last year was crazy, which we'll get into shortly. Um, but I only have two more weddings left, which is crazy for me, even on a year that's not like packed out. So I only have two more weddings left, which is I'm excited about, and I'm also like a little bummed. Like I wish I had a few more because uh, I usually do. Uh, but it is what it is, and I'm excited to kind of be wrapping things up soon. I'm mm. doing – I'm kind of way ahead. I feel like I, this is the first year I really got a hold of my editing process, and I'm delivering way more – way faster than I ever have before and and just feel like I finally got a hold of it. Uh, I feel like it's always eluded me, like getting – staying on top of things, and something always comes up. Um, so it's been a great season, and uh, the business is growing well, and um, – yeah, I'm excited to kind of wrap things up earlier than normal and um, get working on next year. So it's been a great year. Uh, everything's been pretty normal for me this this year. Um, I do have a stylized shoot coming up. 
I know that's kind of a top a hot topic around here. <laughs> um, but um, um, so what do you plan? Will on? you? Yeah. But will you use those <laughs> for your uh, portfolio? <laughs> so I think so. I totally agree with you guys on uh, on the on like if if I if you're going to a stylized shoot with someone setting up the posing the the lighting the models the girls or the the guys or whoever however it's going and then try to pass that off as like is what i can do on a wedding day and you can't that's dis- i think that's totally agree that's disingenuous um and that can get you into trouble too like with a couple like that they're expecting something and you can't actually deliver that uh, for me like i'm not interested in in so much like uh getting the lighting perfect and all of that stuff uh the way i'm setting it up and working with a few other vendors um is um just like a a dress style and a flower style and a color palette that for whatever reason, I'm not seeing my brides do mm. my couples carry. And I really want to include that in my portfolio. And I just got sick of waiting for someone to pick that style of flowers. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it myself. And yeah. so I'm going to, I'm bringing in a, a model and a guy and we're using a dress company and a flower and the venue. And, um, I'm pretty much just going to shoot it like a wedding day. And, um, and I, and I, I, I do at this point, I'm, I'm, I mean, maybe you guys will convince me otherwise, but at this point I have no problem from an ethical standpoint of using those in my portfolio, because I know I can deliver that. I'm not after the perfect light, the flash set up perfect or getting the poses just like, I'm really more about like, look at these colors, look at the style. Uh, I want to use that. Um, and, and hopefully inspire you know, couples that are already look at me like, oh, I really like that style. Maybe I'll use that and also attract people who are already into that vibe uh, to take a second look at my work and say, oh, you know, I like what he's doing there. No, so, are, no, your subjects, are they are they actual models or are they clients of the past? I tried to find some clients of the past, but none of them really fit what I was trying to go for. Um, so I'm ending, ending up using models, which I'm a little nervous about. Never done quite like that before i tr- was trying to find a couple because obviously they're already comfortable with each other but since we're not doing a ton of like romantic stuff anyway i'm really just trying to get some you know colors flowers different styles um i'm gonna be using miles now educate educate me here a little bit um is this like set up by uh like a wedding planner and a um uh, like a reception hall kind of thing, or is this is this like all your idea, your thing? You're setting everything up. You're getting everybody together. It's largely it's largely me, I, and actually, it's become more of a team thing than I expected it to be. I approached um, a venue that I'm preferred at in the Finger Lakes and really like working at, and I said, "Hey, what do you think about doing a stylized shoot?" Um, it turned out the girl who does their marketing had already done a stylized shoot there and was the model in the, that shoot. And once I put two and two together, I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's you. Why don't you, do you want to do that again? Because I thought she looked perfect for what I was going for. And then we brought a florist in. So right now it's been the three of us um, throwing around ideas. And and um, it was my idea. I brought it. And now it's really a okay. team effort of uh, okay. bringing stuff together. I think it is yeah. a little bit different when you have multiple photographers shooting the same subjects than it is. Yeah you know, like one photographer shooting, you know, there's a collaborative effort. And, you know, I, I, I do think that's a little bit of a different situation. You know, I, I guess maybe when we were talking about this kind of stuff before, I'm more thinking 
there's you know many photographers shooting the same subject and then everybody's putting that in their portfolio and everybody's looks the same and, and yeah. nobody really was po- you know like that that I have a little bit more of a problem with um than than something like what you're talking about but I was also wondering if these are paid, you know what I mean? Like I've never done one before, but if if a a new reception hall wants to open up and they want to show like a wedding, but they haven't had one yet and they want to hire me, I'm going to pay, I'm going to charge them for my full rate. So I was just kind of wondering if, 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 if you guys know if that happens or is this just like, okay, I'll, I'll shoot this for you as long as you throw some weddings my way. Is it, is that how these things go? They can, I think they can go either way from, for me, I'm already a preferred vendor there. And I've already kind of built some relationship with them. And um, I have kind of changed uh, the way I, where I'm getting uh, couples from and trying to use venues a lot. Um, and so if you're going to prefer me and send me thousands of dollars a year, um, I have no problem, you know, returning well, the favor. Well, that's the key word is the preferred vendor list. I, th- I think that's key. Yeah. Yeah, so if I was if I was if I was not a preferred there at all, I would be charging them full rate. Yeah, yeah, okay. But because we sort of I I look at it as you know I want to provide value to them for them, and I want to be their most preferred vendor. I want them to hand a list of people and say, "Here's our preferred vendors," but you should really look at Nick. That's the, that's the ideal place, and that that just takes time. But yeah. when everything, of course. You know, I've, I've, as a place by me, I've been going to for 16 years and they recommend me all the time. I, and just by a natural cause of, of yeah. being good to them, them being good to me, being respectful of them, being friendly. And then I give them whatever they want. And then, uh, you know, I get recommended by them for corporate gigs, weddings, of course, family, lifestyle, stuff, anything. And it's a great place. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful, but it was a natural thing. And there's the other places that, you know, you want this list that uh, costs this much for per year, and you're like, stop it. What is this, Long <laughs> Island? Get out of here. <laughs> so um, my my September was kind of weird, uh, where I had like a couple in the beginning, and then I had like two weeks off, uh, and then I ended it with that with the wedding I just shot in Colorado, um, which was, you know, they flew me out there, but let me be honest. You don't have to be that great of a photographer <laughs> to take like incredible, <laughs> incredible photos. There, like, it's like holy shit! Like me and uh, my my old second shooter uh, Scott Sutherland now lives in that area, and we drove from Denver to Telluride, and it's just like like I'm just like looking left, I'm looking right, and there's this water and these mountains, and then there's this, and then there's that, and there's this village in the valley, and it's like what the hell, man! Like it is just unbelievable. And so, you know, I just picked up my camera and snapped some photos and, and that's what came out the other end. They, <laughs> you know, no, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm just kind of joking, but like, but, but in all seriousness, it's like ridiculous, like how, how easy it is to like pretty much make anything just magical there. I posted a few and I'm not done. I've got a lot more stuff um, uh, from that wedding, but uh, it was incredible. The couple was awesome. Um, I've got a, I've got a conundrum for you, maybe like towards the end of the show with a situation that happened there, but I'll save that for later. And now I'm just like, and now like I'm coming back to a double this weekend, a double next weekend. My whole October is crazy. I do have like one week off in October and then November is actually crazy too. Um, with the exception of a couple weeks, but, but I, I have a, another, like it's, it's, it's crazier than I expected. And then I'm picking up all these other little gigs and stuff, um, which is good, but also overwhelming. Um, 
but it's good. Business is 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 good this year. Um, so, uh, what was that? The little sirens in the background. What was that? There's someone going on in Lindsay's hood. Oh, <laughs> Lindsay, I live on the west side, guys. <laughs> this is just the soundtrack. You guys are all close to each other, right? Yeah, everybody, but you, you're. We're all in New York, but you're all the way over. You know where you are in the Hudson Valley there. Yeah, I'm, I'm seven hours south of you guys. So, but you're all like a drive to each other, like twenty minutes I'm, away. I'm, I'm about forty-five minutes north of everybody. Of north of well, north of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Nick, okay. you're, you're what? Forty-five minutes south? East. Southeast. Uh, east. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because you're like in between, like closer to Rochester and Buffalo, right? You're in between somewhere. Yeah, it's like you know south of Rochester and east of. Uh, Buffalo. So I'm about an hour from Buffalo, Rochester, and just like an hour 15 to the Finger Lakes. So it works out great. Right. Right. Um, what I'm talking about is we have an assortment of, of hand-picked information that's relevant to you. But first, just in case you forgot your place in space and time, this is Wedding Photographers Unite, a bi-weekly wedding photography podcast for wedding photographers. Bye, wedding photographers. Bye. The show goes live roughly every other week. And while we're at it, please do leave us a review in iTunes. Subscribe in iTunes and help us help you by sending in questions to info at weddingphotographersunite.com or connect with us on our Facebook group by going to Facebook and searching for Wedding Photographers Unite. Join us in the group there. We would prefer to talk with you rather than at you. Um, One little thing that we mentioned before we get into our main topic, somebody that posted in the group, and maybe we'll come back to some other group topics in a second. Um, But Mike Black wrote into our group on Wedding Photographers Unite on the Facebook group and says, this basically describes my journey from on the side to full-time photographer. Uh, And he has an infographic posted there of the Dunning-Kruger effect. And if you're unsure of what the Dunning-Kruger effect is, you should take a look at this because I think this reams true for photography. Absolutely. Um, Uh, He continues to say, I had more confidence when I knew less. Like at the start, when he was first starting, he thought he had more confidence when he knew less. And although my work has improved to the point of it becoming a full-time occupation, there is always self-doubt. But that self-doubt keeps me hungry to keep pushing. And I hope I always feel like my work is in beta. How about you, Mike? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a a great point because, you know, people ask me all the time, uh, what do you shoot, you know, when you're not working? And I'm like, nothing, nothing is the answer. I don't even, I couldn't care less about the new iPhone with the cool camera and the wide lens, which is pretty goddamn cool. But it's like, I look back in my photo library, it's, I don't have anything. It's pictures of my kids barely exist here and there. Uh, vacation, maybe a party. I'll bring a little point and shoot and then post pics then because I know everyone else is just going to bring a stupid phone. But, um, the, the, the art of it, not the art of it, the love for just taking a camera and going somewhere to, to shoot yeah. something gets watered down. It certainly does after a while. So I, it kind of picks up again once the spring happens. Cause then Jimmy, I do want to ask once again, what yeah. does this have to do with the Dunning Kruger effect with you not shooting <laughs> for personal uh, reasons? Well, I, think he, I, I, I just want to see how the Dunning, by the, by the way, let's, let's, let me explain what the Dunning Kruger effect is first before Jimmy explains how that relates to the Dunning Kruger <laughs> effect, because the Dunning Kruger effect is the idea that when you first started something, you have tons and tons and tons of confidence, but you really don't know what you're really doing. Right. And then as you gain experience, you gain more experience, you gain more experience. You're like, Whoa, I actually don't really know what I'm doing. There's all these things. There's all these extra things that I could know how to do. And then I get better at the craft. Right. And then as you get better, you 
lo- you um, lose kind of confidence, right? But then as you as you get under this hump, it kind of looks like a like a like a the bottom of a circle, right? Then as you gain more experience, you go up, and then you become an expert because you're learning more, you're learning more, and then you actually gain more confidence because you actually know what you're doing after you put in the time, energy, and effort that it takes. So Jimmy Ferrara, ask you, how does your shooting for personal reasons relate to the Donning Kruger effect? I'm, I'm with well, my ears are wide open. There. I was I was getting there <laughs> until you repeated yourself once again. <laughs> and in the beginning, you you love what you do. You're passionate about what you do, and hence that theory. And then you go out with all energy, and then as time goes by, you realize it becomes a job, and you don't know how to get back to being it, like like you just talked about, like the the theory. Um, <laughs> I it's it's a hard thing to to fight to to make it exciting again for you and to have that confidence in the beginning like you did, even though, you know, because no matter what you know, there's always going to be something, some new equipment, something new in the horizon, some new digital thing, some someone with a better camera than you have at a wedding that is just a guest and you got to fight for that. And you're like, this is this is going to suck. So I don't I don't have an answer for what to if there even was a question there. I don't know. I'm just rambling. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I'll let, I'm going to tap out. <laughs> I don't know. You know, what's crazy is that um, the more like whenever I achieved something in my career, the less confidence I had, like, like whenever I like I won an award, like I got less confidence because I thought I'd never create something as good again. I thought that the, that'd be the, like the, the peak of it. And then mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you're on that high for a little while. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to feel this again? Am I ever going to be this way again? Um, so in that, I mean, I kind of shared this over the show, especially over the last year, uh, of the ups and downs and, and the psychology of everything. Um, but I kind of overcame all that just by learning more. Um, and I'm, I'm like, like I said, uh, this, this year, I'm just trying to work on my composition. So I don't have to spend time of, uh, of doing any corrections of in, in Lightroom and, and cropping and things like that. And I'm also working on my directing a little bit more this year of, of directing my clients. So it's, I, I love that challenge of always learning something. And if I'm not learning, then that's where I get really down on myself and depressed. It's like, it feels like I have nothing more to learn, but God, that is so wrong. Mm. You know, going back to Luke's uh, time-lapse, Luke, I'm sure you're listening. You don't need to do 80% of those of those crops. Like if you just pause and, and watch it, you're like, okay, you're in ceremony and you come in a little bit. Whatever. It's all fine. I, I think you're I think you're overkilling and overthinking the cropping of the image. Far I totally much. disagree. I, I disagree well, too. Well, what? <laughs> I'm I'm just looking at it right now and there was I was just the ceremony was going through the ceremony. I'm like, all right, he's cropping a little here, cropping a little there. So what if someone's in a back frame? I mean, yeah, it, it's improving it a little, but to do Two thousand images that way, and adding five hours no, of four no, he hours did four hundred. He, he delivered four hundred images. 40. So that that's not too bad. But I mean, oh, I, oh I yeah, still, yeah. Final four forty. I, I still think he can knock down about two or three hours off yeah. his editing time, which I'm I'm pulling for him. I hope he does it soon. Now again, if you're going for horizon line, horizon line needs to be straight. You're going for architecture, and you're going for groups. Of course, that's different. But um, and a loop deck's great for that. My God, it it's fantastic for it's straightening alone. It's worth it. But anyway, um. Luke, I, I, if you have a camera that can do a grid line, that might help when you're shooting stuff that needs to be straight. You know, I have it set on my Sony to do that for a certain, I believe, certain bank. I believe Lindsay has something to say. Yes, Lindsay. I gave the finger wag. Yeah. Um, oh. 
I was just going to say, I think your business model really determines how much work you put into your edits. So if you're shooting 40 weddings a year and you're editing everything yourself, like you just, there's no time to do all of that work. And I know for myself, I used to shoot a lot more than I used to. And for me, it was important to have straight horizon lines and, and go through every single image and, and really tweak every little detail. It makes me feel better personally about the work I'm putting out. So I knew that just meant I need to shoot less weddings so that I can give my clients the work that I feel good about. And so for me, it, it takes me like a week to edit a wedding, no question. Um, so I'm kind of the extreme opposite of, of where you are. And that's just my who I am as a photographer. Like, I can't help it. I, I've tried to edit fast. I can't do it. I can't surrender that control. I have to fix everything. It's just who I am. So I've accepted that. And now I have to shoot accordingly and plan for that. Let me, let me, Lindsay, let me ask you a question on that because I think, so I've, I was talking to Neil um, and his wife uh, recently, uh, like after we were at an event or whatever, and we were talking about like editing images and and the number of images that we like give clients because I I take a ton I take I take more than I should but I don't care because I want to have it I'd rather have more information my second shooters shoot more than they should I don't care I'd rather have it so I have more information just from a legal standpoint if something were to happen there it is but I but I have the super quick way that I go through that first round of editing however I have gotten to the point where before I would deliver like of the speeches right I would deliver like. 15 to 20 shots of the same person talking in different lighting scenarios under different situations. Right. And now I've just really like, like, even if I have, you know, 15 good shots, I really only deliver. Okay. There's like, here's three, here's two or three of the best shots of that person talking. I'm not delivering 15 to 20 of these. Whereas before I used to, and I, from the last time we talked about this, I think that you said that you couldn't not give people their photos or like there was some expression that you used or something like that. Um, do you how do you feel about that like with like because in my mind i feel like and i'm even wondering from the standpoint of a bride in my mind i'm like or groom or groom right in my mind it's just like i i really only want like the best two or three and then everything else is just redundant who cares and i feel like it's my job to make that decision for them rather than and and i don't care about the shooting i'll shoot a ton because then i have more choices and all that kind of stuff but i don't need to deliver more than one or two sometimes you know what i mean if somebody talking um, yeah. How do you think? Do you differ on that? Um, just slightly. So um, same thing. Like I'm, I'm a photojournalist, so I, I shoot like crazy. Um, and, but I'll, I'll still pick a few different moments from the speech. So I want a photo where they're looking at the couple. I want a photo where they're laughing. I want maybe like something that looks a little more sentimental. So I'll have maybe. Um, I don't know, four or five, six photos of each person giving a speech. Um, and then, then a ton of photos also that are reaction photos. So mom and dad laughing, crying, whatever happens to be going on in the crowd. Um, so yeah, I deliver in total for an average like 10 hour wedding, probably anywhere from 750 to a thousand, sometimes a little more photos. So it's not like I'm delivering 2000 pictures or anything oh. like that, but. If it helps the, tell the story, then yeah, I include it. I'm not going to say like, no, I only deliver 600 photos and I'm going to delete two of these amazing speech photos just because I'm trying to like cut it down. 
Hmm. I'll let this, them make I, that decision. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, like I, I yeah. agree too. I, that's pretty much what I say too. I, I'm about where you are in terms of delivering, Lindsay, like number-wise. But like that's what I do too is I basically say, and I say this in my consults with couples, I'm just like, if it's not redundant, if it's unflattering, like if it's redundant, if it's unflattering, um, if it doesn't tell a part of the story of the day, then it's something that doesn't get delivered. Everything else does, you know, like literally. And and what that number is, when I, when I first started – um, when I, in the early part of the Dunning Kruger effect, right. Um, when, <laughs> when I first started, I was like, um, I said, Oh, you know, like in this package, it's 500 photos in that package, it's 750. Oh my God. And in this higher <laughs> one, it's a thousand. Right. Oh. And, and like, it's so dumb, man, because like, if it's a good shot, you want to give it to the couple. I'm not going to not give that couple a photograph if it's a good shot, but if it's redundant and I'm trying to come up with this crappy X, if I have 900 great photos and I'm trying to shovel my way through, well, how can I find an extra hundred that are the same? You know, like it's, it's dumb too. So, so every wedding is different. Every single wedding is different. If it's one, if it's one of those photos that gets delivered, if it's one of those redundant ones or unflattering ones, or just doesn't tell part of the story of the day, then that may not get delivered. So, you know, how, how great is it when we're at a wedding and you got a lot of speeches and they're, they're either with four or five pages or you see their, their <laughs> thumb getting ready to scroll even higher and farther on the phone, right? And they're going on and on. And how great is it that you, we just need, what do we need? A wide shot with a person talking and the people in the background. Yeah. Maybe a reverse of that. Close up, the toast, one or two reactions. Boom. What's that? Six photos? I mean, you don't know you did much. Okay. Now, but what do you do in the meantime? Do oh, you stand oh, there and nope. just watch? I keep or, shooting. Ah, My second shooter keeps shooting. We've got hundreds of photos from that speech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hundreds I'll, of them i feel bad I, for the video guys during those oh like, i know they have like nine yeah. speeches i just feel bad yeah, for i know it's guys. crazy well I'll, I'll try to get a reverse of it because i'm just in my movie background trying to get like this angle and that angle and then i'll lock down in one place find a good angle for the final toast one but um i talked about that monopod that i have i use it for the reception mostly and my that's fantastic for that because i'm typically one flash on now two off and just the weight of just being on a stick, not even on me, is fantastic. great. And I'm just like, I'm either sitting down or I'm standing up or I'm sitting on the floor. And I got this, I'm just holding it. And everyone else is, you know, other, my assistant sometimes with the camera, with the long lens and uh, my back. I'm like, you know what? This is, this. get a monopod. Good, or good get for a reception. spider holster. You just, it's still on your body, though. No matter what, it's still on your body. Right on your head. And it can fall on a floor in the church there, Neil. <laughs> fall on the floor in the church, Neil. Mm-hmm. Got to be careful. Not going to happen with, mm-hmm. well, it could happen with the monopod. It could think just fall out of your hand, I suppose. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I concur. And then there's a good, good formula. Well, I didn't invent this, but a good formula is 100 images per hour. By final is about right, give or take. I would think you're doing a two-hour shoot, come back with 200 images. Yeah, about right. Yeah. Eight-hour day, 800 images. You know, that's about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, our next topic, um, I'll just say for the past few years, I've, I, th- I think everybody, maybe except Jimmy, has been following uh, Nick on Facebook and seeing multiple post updates and just uh, um, just about his uh, family situation. And I'll tell you right now, um, I'm just even talking about it right now. I'm getting a little emotional um, for real. Um and it's just just kind of strap yourselves in and and Nick, why don't you just uh, take us away and uh, get get into your your family situation this past year and 
and I kind of mentioned this uh, off the air before we talked. I just basically said like, uh, you know, as much as you're comfortable with, feel free to get into, but, um, and you know, wherever, wherever you want to go with it. So go ahead, man. Um, and go ahead. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I, you know, this is a, obviously a subject that's, uh, very close and, uh, you know, kind of wraps every part of my life. Uh, but I do like talking about it. Um, I like to see positive things come out. There's been a ton of positive things come out in our lives, but, um, as far as I can take that, I'm always, I'm always up for that. So looking forward to kind of sharing some things. And then, um, one of the things we talked about before too, is, you know, how do you keep a business afloat when, when times are really hard? And so, um, my brain kind of works in lists. So I made like a short list. Um, but first I'll just kind of, kind of tell you the story. So, um, my, our first, uh, my wife and I, our first, uh, son was born, um, in 2012, everything was perfect, uh, leading up to like, literally that kept using that word perfect. And like, in, in all like sonograms and that kind of stuff. My wife and I'm like, wow, we're not even parents yet. And they were like, perfect, amazing. <laughs> and um, we have him and the first 24 hours is great. And then I'm coming back from getting some breakfast. That's not hospital food uh, for my wife and I. And I'm coming back into the hospital. It's a small hospital. And I hear alarm bells go off. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Like a fire, it wasn't a fire alarm. I knew that it was just like different. And then uh, I see like last the doctors and nurses literally like coming out of the stairwells and out of their offices, like headed towards the nursery. And I'm like, Oh boy. And then I look in the nursery. There's only two kids and two babies in there. I'm like, Oh boy. And I, I grabbed one of the nurses. I said, is this me? And she said, yeah. And I was like, Oh, all right. So we kind of figure out, uh, start to figure out what's going on. And they said that they had some uh, breathing problems. So we're going to take him over to Buffalo Children's Hospital. This was uh, born in Batavia, about, I don't know, half hour, 40 minutes away from Buffalo. And um, and when we went in to see him before he was taken, I mean, they had like tubes. And it was like shocking how much I was like, I thought we just had a little lung problem here. Like, this looks like a little more than a, a little problem. Like, no, we just a lot of it's precautionary, you know, you know, keep a good eye on him. So they take him by ambulance and we follow and in Buffalo, we were, uh, he was diagnosed with not a heart or without, not a, a lung problem with a heart problem. And, uh, it's HLHS, it's hypoplastic left heart syndrome, um, with, uh, which is probably one of the most serious, uh, diagnoses you can get. Um, um, you require surgery within the first, you know, week or so without that surgery, he would not survive. And, um, it's such a tough road and it's such a hard thing for families to go through. There's at least three surgeries and then a heart transplant at the end of those three surgeries over time. Um, and normally lots of other complications. And they actually said to us, if you don't want to do anything, you just want to take them home and let nature take its course. We won't stop you. And, um, that was kind of when we realized how serious this was like, they're like the road's so hard. Like if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. And, um, you know, they left us, my wife and I, to kind of decide, and we are obviously devastated and in shock. We had gone like a couple of days without hardly any sleep. Um, um, but, you know, pretty quickly, pretty quickly, we came to the conclusion that we were going to do whatever it took to get him through now and in the future. And so they then transfers, transferred us over to Rochester, uh, Gallison Children's Hospital, where they have one of the best pediatric 
uh, heart surgeries and her surgeons in the country, which is amazing. Um, and they have a whole wing for cardiac pediatric patients. And so, uh, three days, three different hospitals. And then day five, they did open heart surgery. He did great. Like the heart surgery was perfect. Um, you know, everything went really well. Um, and they say about six weeks, you'd stay in the hospital. We ended up staying for five months. Um, and literally just, they have a Ronald McDonald house. If you don't know what that is, it's basically a, uh, uh, a place for parents to stay with really sick kids. So you can just stay at the hospital. You don't have to be driving back and forth if you don't live close by. And, uh, Galisano hospital has one inside the hospital and outside the hospital. So we were lucky enough to stay right in the hospital. Like didn't have to go outside the parking garage. Um, but he went through a couple other complications. His heart was always doing well, but he ended up needing a, a trach, uh, which is like a, you know, basically a tube in his, uh, air pipe in his neck. And then, a uh, a, a, uh, a ventilator at home. Um, they thought he might grow out of that and he ended up doing that. So we were home after five months of just started stopping our lives and living in the hospital. Thank God he was our first kid. Because man, it gets way harder when you have more kids. Um, so after five months, we came home and he really progressed incredibly well. He was off the ventilator. He was uh, um, just great. He had a second heart surgery at age one. Like just, I think we went home on his birthday. Can, can I just ask you a question? Because I'm yeah. not sure exactly what you meant when you said before, when you, when the people at the hospital were basically saying you don't need to do this, did that basically mean they were saying, you know, if you don't go forward with this, he's probably going to not live on like for at yeah. past a certain time. Like yes. how long, how long would they, would you have expected him to live if you didn't do what you, you what you did? One to two weeks. Oh my, man. Wow. Yeah. That fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's a major, major problem. Basically the, the entire left side of his heart was, completely underdeveloped and um um you know so what they ended up doing is over three surgeries they replumb all how his arteries and and heart works for the right side to do all the work but then eventually that gives out because your right side of the heart is doing two jobs and so somewhere in teenage early 20s he'll need a uh, a, a transplant I'm hoping at this point that um, technology will provide an, and I actually getting close with a, a bunch of different things. I do think by the time that we he's ready for that, that he might actually need the transplant. It might be a new, a new thing, um, whether it be a a pump or they can grow a new organ or right. which they're getting closer on things. growing organs now. I yeah, mean, there's a whole lot of bunch of things I won't get into, but yep. um, I'm hopeful that he won't actually need the, the heart transplant. So yeah, sorry if I wasn't clear there. Um, yeah, no, if we wanted no, no, to take him no. home, I, I think you were. I just, I just long. wanted to make sure for myself and for listeners. So. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he progressed really well. Didn't need the trach. Got the trach out at age three, um, and was very much a normal kid. His endurance wasn't great, um, but you know he's got half a heart. But he's happy, and he's like literally, you know, I think every parent says that like, oh yeah, they just light up the room. And I'm sure that, you know, all my kids, I have four kids, all of them light up a room. But Judah, who's our son, their firstborn, that the heart, he was just different. And a lot of people told us that. So I, I guess I believe it. I don't know. But he just is, he just had something different about him um, that is um, special. And, um, you know, so it was, it was, he was really doing really, really well. And then it came time for his uh, third planned surgery, uh, which he always needed. 
they gave us the option of when to do it. And then uh, that was May 2018. And um, he went in for his heart surgery and uh, came through great. Um, you know, he was, he said, Dad, was I brave? When he came out, he's just the sweetest kid in the world. And it was like, yeah, buddy, you're really brave. He's like flexing his muscles, you know, like barely out of surgery. It's just like great. And so we thought we'd be there for, you know, three, four, five weeks in recovery. And at this point, we had two girls, um, age one and three at the time. And my wife was pregnant with our fourth uh, six months. She was six months pregnant. Um, if you do the math there, that puts a baby born in, uh, August, which I would not suggest for any <laughs> wedding photographers ever try hard not to have your babies in the wedding season. It's just really hard. Um, so he was, um, not planned to be right there, but that's where he ended up. So, um, we're in the <laughs> hospital. Our girls are, <laughs> our girls are being taken care of by family. My wife's pregnant. Uh, Judah's recovering from surgery and about 10 days after the surgery, um, he was kind of off and he had a fever that morning and, you know, fever is never a good sign cause it's usually a sign of infection. And so he, uh, as the day went on, um, things were getting progressively worse and he was getting really sick really fast. Um, and so, um, Nick, uh, Nick yes. I'm sorry. When no, no, was this? Ahead. This is May, 2018. So about a year so so before the newborn, okay. Yeah, my wife is six okay. months pregnant at this time. Okay, okay. It's a long story, so I'm cutting a lot out. So no, go, no, go ahead. To jump go ahead. in if I'm yes. not clear on anything. <laughs> so um, he is uh, the day. The day is going bad and going bad quick, and um, we're almost in a bit of shock because it's all just happening so quickly. They decided to put him out uh, to to put him um, to sedate him. Just to help stabilize them, they were going to put um, put a breathing tube back in, put them on a ventilator, so they could just sort of start to control some things that they were losing control of. Um, so, you know, before he uh, before they sedated him, um, you know, there's a bunch of doctors in the room. They're kind of in the room all day, and uh, one of them was our cardiologist, our personal cardi cardiologist that we see all year round. They do like oh, each of them just takes like a turn doing a week up in that unit, um, and that was her week. And he, and before they sedated him, just before uh, he said to her, he said, "Is it time to get better yet?" Because he could feel it; he wasn't getting get. He feel he was getting worse. She said, "Yeah, buddy, it's it's time to get it's time to get better. We're gonna get you better." And then she left the room, um, and then I followed her out to to ask a follow up question. And she's out in the hall, so on the hall, sobbing into like a nurse. And I was like, "Oh, oh man, like." this is worse than I thought it was like, you're hopeful that like, it's not that big a deal, hmm. but that moment was like, okay, I can see that this is not good. I wasn't sure, but now I am. And so they sedate him. And then a couple more hours go by and the doctors are not leaving the room. In fact, some more are kind of hanging around and you start to realize like this thing is not over. Like whatever's happening is not done yet. Um, and he just was deteriorating. His breathing was deteriorating. His heart rate was not doing well. His blood pressure especially was dropping um, basically his body is just shutting down and we don't know why. And at one point they said, um, that cardiologist and the, and the attending on, uh, that was kind of running everything came to my wife and said, okay, if, if things don't get better soon, we're going to have to put him on ECMO, which is basically a, a heart bypass machine. And it's very, very invasive, 
very invasive, very risky. Some kids don't come off. Um, some people don't come off. Um, and they said, and as we're having that conversation, one of the nurses comes over and says, his heart rate is now, or his blood pressure is now in the, in the fifties. And so, and she walked away and they just looked at us and said, okay, we're here. Like it happened that quickly. It was like, okay, we're, we're at, now's the time to do it if we're going to do it. And so again, my wife and I had already made a decision five years earlier that we were going to do whatever it took. Um, and so we gave the okay and we went back, um, you know, they bring in people from home and they're doing a, they're doing a major, major surgery. They don't even take them down to the surgical wing. They just do it right in the room. Um, they're prepped for that. Um, but you know, they don't waste the time of getting him down. They just come to him. And thankfully we were still staying at the Ronald McDonald house in the hospital and went, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to wait in the waiting room it was going to be, you know, hour, hour and a half. They tell you an hour and it's, it's always more because X, Y, Z, there's just like extra stuff that happens and they got to clean the room up and all that kind of stuff. I thought, let's just go back to our room. And, um, you know, it wasn't much farther than the, the waiting room anyway. And, you know, I didn't know, I was just like, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> I'm supposed to just sit here and wait. Um, but you know, one of the reasons my wife and I have, I, for us anyway, have made it through these really intense things is we have a strong faith and that's kind of where we turn to, um, not just every day, but especially in these times. And, um, when we got back to our room, I was like, the only way I can describe it is like, there was a, just a piece waiting there for us. And, um, and we just, we're at peace. It, things were still bad, but I was okay. And that's the best way I can describe it. Um, I actually fell asleep, which is still sounds crazy to me. Like, how do you fall asleep when like in the middle of this? Um, and, um, you know, we were oddly at peace. Um, so finally we get the call, we go back and he made it on and he was on there for about a week on the ECMO, uh, heart, uh, so he's basically on heart lung bypass and they're just trying to they're, I mean this is the last step before death they're doing everything they can to save his life they're doing all the breathing for him they're doing uh, all the, the the pumping of the blood and it was just a wait and see and then they they ran some cultures and sure enough he had a really really serious infection um, it's the kind of thing you don't know where it came from but um, they had to put him on really heavy antibiotics three different like major antibiotics uh, after a week of being on, you know, sedated and, and uh, getting heart and lung bypass, his body basically said, uh, "I can't do this anymore." And um, it was a Sunday. It was you know, week. It was exactly one week, and we were in there that morning. And the heart surgeon came in. He took one look at him, and um, his body was, you know, we could see it. And then he just wasn't handling it. And everybody handles that kind of thing differently as far as your anatomy goes and your, what your body can handle. And his body was like, that's it. That's all I can do with this. And basically he, our son, pushed the doctors into a position where they had to like basically kick him out of the nest and say, you got to fly, buddy. If you don't fly, you're not, that's it. It's up to him. He's got to do it. We can't keep him in this place anymore. It's doing more harm than good at this point. Um, and um, basically, you have to give him lots of blood thinners 
to make it through all the tubes that they have to use. Well, how and, old is he at the time? At the uh, five. He's five. And so he, five. Okay. Yeah, and so at some point you give so much, they're given so much blood thinners that it just it does a lot of harm to the body, and so again we had to leave and and hope that he could fly, you know, hope that he could make it out of the nest and and um, and be all right, and and sure enough he did, thank God, and he um, started to recover. It was very slow from that point. Uh, he was in bed, I think for. I should have looked, but it was over. I think it was six weeks. He was in bed after that, slowly recovering. Had to learn to walk again because uh, his muscles had just uh, deteriorated because he's just laying in bed. Um, and um, came home for a week uh, in uh, August, and then had another infection. Went back in for another five weeks. And actually, today's the one-year anniversary of him coming home from for good from this whole ordeal. Um, but man, he came home. We had our we had our fourth son on uh, on a uh, let's see it was a early Friday morning uh, shot a wedding Judah came home on uh, the uh, Wednesday and then I had a double the next weekend and like my my year was like fall heavy so I just went into like nine weeks straight weeks of weddings and like doubles and it was absolutely insane. Um, my wife and I were split at one point, like not split as a couple, but just she was living at home with the baby and our two girls. And I was at the hospital with my mom taking care of our son just because with a newborn, you can't have a newborn in an intensive care unit. Um, they won't, I mean, they won't even let you um, too high risk for the baby. So it was a crazy year. Um, we went through that was so a year ago today, we came home. Um, he is, he was, um, He's still on kidney dialysis. His kidneys failed in that in that ordeal. Um, through all the things that happened, there, you know, the all those things, antibiotics and ECMO um, and infections do a lot of damage to kidneys. Although what's incredible is that his kidneys are actually recovering, which kidneys don't typically do. Kidneys scar and then they stop working. And his kidney output in the last three months has doubled and his we've cut his dialysis in half which is just crazy like it just doesn't happen so he's making a great recovery there i don't know where that's going to go the doctors don't know really what to think of that um and they're very careful not to say anything um because kids don't come off you don't come off dialysis you get a transplant or you take or you go with dialysis the rest of your life um so it's been a year since he's been home. Last year was by far the most incredibly difficult. Not only the trauma of everything that happened in the hospital, but then when we got home, it was almost worse because he was in such bad shapes. He was healthy enough to be home, but he was severely depressed. And a five, six-year-old kid depressed is just craziness. Um, I never thought that could happen, but you know, you wouldn't get sleep. He had a lot of procedures done. Things were a lot of trauma just to keep him healthy in the hospital, um, changing bandages on his leg uh, in the middle of the night. So, you know, Sorry, buddy, we got to wake you up and we got we to gotta do this thing now. And, and just a lot of stuff like that. And it took until spring and really not until summer for him to like emotionally recover. Um, but he did. And um, his heart is doing well. Um, his kidneys are better. 
Um, they're not all the way. I don't know if he'll ever come off dialysis or if he'll end up getting a transplant. Uh, but he's doing well. We had an amazing, amazing summer uh, playing outside every day and running around and just being a kid. And he's such a sweet boy, loves his little brother, loves his two little sisters. Um, I mean, they fight all the time, but they, <laughs> he's like, he still, he truly loves them. He, he can see our youngest Luca out his door. Um, if he sits just right and the door is just in the right spot, he can see into his room and he'll tell his little sister, like, can you open the door so I can see, you know, baby Luca and, uh, he'll just like sing him, sing to him. And he's just the sweetest kid in the world. Uh, he's been through absolute hell. Um, but he's doing incredibly well for everything he's been through. So that's kind of been our journey. That's believe it or not, very condensed. I tried as best I could. So, uh, uh, yeah, for, first of all, man, I just want to say that well a couple things um i this this really impacts me a lot you know because we're having our firstborn yeah. and everything like that and i'm just thinking about what you must have gone through as a father and just as a family and just unbelievable man because i was you know watching you post you know nick was regularly posting these updates on facebook and just and yeah. i think you were right you know like like i've never met judah before but from the pictures that you were posting, like this kid is just this bright eyed, beautiful yeah. kid. And like, I mean, it's just like, I, I like, it's just, he, he is, he's this bright eyed, beautiful kid. And just to see that whole thing progress the way that it did. And he's got all these tubes and all these things hooked up to him and all this stuff. And just the, the journey of going the ups and the downs, man. And it's just like, yeah. uh, it, it just, you know, unbelievable. And then to think that, you know that just uh, now that I didn't realize that part of the story in the beginning that you had that kind of decision to make, um, and man, just think about like the life that 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 you you know the decision that you made. I'm I'm sure which I do want to talk about the financial aspects and the wedding photography aspects in a second, but just yeah. but just the the life that you've given him and and the ability you know like the the smiles and all this the the the, the life that you've had with him. Like I can't imagine if you didn't make that decision. It's, oh, yeah. um, it's, you know, truly incredible, man, and inspirational. And just, I just want to say to you too, just like hearing you talk and having followed you and everything like that and seeing this whole thing, like it's inspirational to me as a soon to be dad in terms of like how to handle yourself. Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious, dude. I, I really am I like, it. like it, it is just, um, truly inspirational. I'm like, you know, starting to lose it a little over here, but like, like whatever you went through, dude. Like I'm, I'm, uh, it's inspirational. It really is. And, and you guys, you know, beautiful family, beautiful kid. And, um, I just hope that, you know, he continues to, to live, live a good life and everything like that. Um, and, and make the best out of everything. And that's also beautiful too. That moment you said where you're at peace. Cause I think sometimes in life it's like, things are going to be what they're going to be. You know, like we're, we're, my wife and I were like, well, you know, I think everybody who goes through a pregnancy is like, is, is this going to work out? Like, and you're like, is the baby okay? Is the baby kicking? Is this happening? Is that happening? It's like, and you know what? It's like, you know, stuff does happen. And I think it's good to keep in mind that, you know, not every pregnancy results in, in a child, you know, like there's, that's yeah. a reality to kind of keep in the back of your mind. But, um, you know, you can only take things one step at a time. And when they do, yep. those steps do need to be taken. You do make the best decision you can in that, in that situation. And sometimes maybe you, you, you're just in the situation where you have to throw your hands up and let things be what they're going to be. And what a miraculous, yeah. unbelievable turn of events 
for your yeah. your kid to come back like that and then like he so he does he pump his own blood now with or like i mean does his lungs or like um his lungs his heart does <laughs> yeah does, is his heart like pumping his own blood now or like how does it how is what's the situation now like because that turned around from the e what was it the ekg thing uh, or the uh, e- ecmo the ecmo so he obviously went yeah. off that the artificially yeah. and and now he's doing it himself and that right yeah so when he came off that it was like it was sink or swim you know i think you know a mama bird pushing a, a baby bird out of the nest is probably the perfect example like it was there was no other option he had to either make it on his own 100 percent by himself by himself um or or he wouldn't make it at all. And he did. So his heart is in, in pretty good condition. It probably would be doing better, but we can't give him all the medicine that would damage his kidneys. And with his kidneys looking like they're starting to get better, we don't want to give him that medicine. So, you know, he could be doing probably better than he is. Um, and then the dialysis you know, it, it does the work of your kidneys, uh, which produce urine and clean toxins out of your system and all that kind of stuff. Um, we do that from home every day. We were going from from October until May. We were having to bring him back to the to Rochester three to four times a week for about round trip was eight or nine hours, three or four times a week to have dialysis there. Thankfully, we got onto a new type of dialysis, not new in in the scope of uh, procedures just new to him. Um, that's way more gentle. We actually, my wife and I run the machine at home and it's super gentle and he just does it while he sleeps and it's like no big deal. So life has improved. I mean, immensely. I mean, I can't even tell you what it's like to, to be shooting all these weddings, be just exhausted emotionally from the year. You have a new baby, you have a new baby plus two other girls. And, um, you know, uh, and then he's gone three times, three to four times a week. Um, thankfully, we had some nursing and some friends that actually turned into our home nurses that helped us transport him. And my wife did a lot of it in the in the second half of that whole phase. But um, man, he, he lives his pretty normal life right now. And it's been that way all summer, which is amazing. Yeah. Can you um, maybe just talk a little bit now about the, you know, the wedding photographer aspect of of this and also like the financial i cannot imagine the financial you know implications of of all the the hospital visits and everything that you've gone through and like does your wife have health insurance are you you know like are you doing your own obamacare thing you know you're like how like how are you how have you made it through this and and just and especially you've got the four kids now um with that situation and just and just let's talk a little bit about that in relation to wedding photography and, and, and how that's impacted with your schedule and, and your year last year and this year and all that, yeah. you know? Um, so financially, um, in New York state, as soon as he was born, um, they, uh, told us that pretty much everything would be covered because of the severity of his condition that it would be covered. And I don't know, um, you know, what we would have done otherwise. I mean, for he, we spent almost a year, almost a full year over his, uh, almost seven years of life now in the hospital with him, two huge chunks and then a bunch of little stays for different things. Uh, so I'm sure that it's in the millions easily in the millions, but for whatever, uh, reason, New York state, um, 
takes that there's a, I guess there's like a list of conditions. This is how it was told to me that are severe enough. They did just like, ah, oh, we got it, which is amazing. I don't know what we do otherwise. I think we all have our opinions about universal health care and I have mine. And, you know, this is uh, an incredible blessing for us that uh, this has been provided. And, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of people who don't have that situation. Um, so it's been all taken care of, which is amazing. You know, we have our own regular insurance. Um, the rest of the family, he kind of has his own separate thing. And then, um, you know, in terms of wedding photography, you know, last year, just being in the hospital, I know I lost a bunch of weddings. Um, I was just listening to the show today with, um, uh, what was his name? You guys had him on Andrew Wheeler. Um, I listened to the last few shows, but I was catching up on that one today. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, it's uh, I think he was talking about um, relationship stuff and how that yeah 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 the that's wedding, right wedding season yeah yeah um so like it was just tough to stay on top of things as well as I as I normally would I know I let emails go and I think um oh this is what I was what I was thinking about him was um you know I just shared everything because I wanted people to be able to. Um, know what's going on, pray for us, um, just support us. And to feel that support was huge. Um, you know, having that support system is, is, is so important to have people in your life that really will help. Well, when we couldn't walk, people carried us. I mean, not literally, but like with thoughts, prayers, messages, gifts, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think I, but I do wonder now after listening to that show, I wonder now if, if clients like found their way to my, or potential clients found their way to my, what my Facebook page are like, Oh boy, like he's great, but <laughs> we're not getting into that. Like I'm worried. Um, and then, um, just not being on top of emails and just behind on everything. Entirely possible. Uh, Entirely possible yeah. to some extent, which is very and you can't blame sad. Them. And, and one right. I yeah. feel like as, as wedding photographers, we have to, manage our online yeah. persona and like anything that goes out there that can potentially like you know as much as they people might have saw that and felt bad and stuff they're like oh but you might exactly it might that people might have looked at that and said man he might be a great wedding photographer but he's got all this stuff on his plate i don't is he you know what i mean like that like yeah. that pl throws 100%. into plays into that and it's unfortunate you know but but a reality of of yep. our of our business um so yeah so this week this year has been a little bit slower but whatever, like it's you know, yeah, not a, not you're bouncing back. You got bouncing yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, there's a ton of stuff that that I think that um, kind of help and and so, like I mentioned earlier, there's a couple a couple of things that I was trying to think of today, um, this whole week leading up to today. Just like, how do you like? What did I do? Or what should I have done to keep things, you know, keep the business going in difficult times? And I think for different people, it's a lot of different, there's a lot of different circumstances. It might be your marriage. It might be the death of a, a friend or, or a family member or, you know, your child is sick. There's like a ton of different stuff. Um, um, mm. But I, it, 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 at some point, it affects everybody. I think whether you're a wedding photographer or videographer or any other job that any other business that you own that can really affect it. Um, and you know, trying to come up with like 
a few things that were helpful for us. Do you want me to talk about that? Do you have other questions? I have a question. Yeah. Um, yeah cool. So when you're at an actual wedding and shooting, uh, were you able to just um, focus on the job at hand? Was it um, nice to kind of get away from everything going on at home or could you just not put that behind you? Like what was that experience of trying to just focus on your job when everything is hitting Crazy. the fan? Yeah. Um, that's actually one of the things I wrote down too was, uh, it's a, for me, it was a chance to do something that I was really good at and found some personal enjoyment. Now the timing of that has to work out. Like it actually worked really well where, um, uh, I didn't have a wedding, um, too close to the really intense stuff. Like things were pretty stable once my wedding started, which was amazing. Um, but it was, you know, there was one, in fact, there was one morning, I think I texted you, Neil. I was like, Hey, is there any chance? Like he had a fever that morning mm -hmm. ended up being nothing. And you were already, you're on your way to a wedding. Yeah. So I was like, Oh so, crap. Yeah, anyway, that man, but, I'm uh, sorry. No, no, no. Ended up being fine because it was, it was nothing. And I shot the wedding myself. Um, but for most of the time, it was a chance to do something that I was really good at. Um, and I was able to find personal enjoyment. You know, it was kind of an, an escape. Um, you know, when you do something that you're good at and that you enjoy and you get that sense of personal accomplishment, um, that can really go a long way in boosting your mental health and, and your own well-being. And so um, for me, anyway, I was able to find like – for me, it was a chance to just do something I was good and get – get some joy out of it. Um, just do something totally different. And I can be pretty, I'm pretty good at, um, um, they say guys minds, um, for the most part, we're, we're, it seems like it comes easier to guys to yeah. compartmentalize things. Yeah. Um, I can do that really well. I, I think in a healthy way. Um, you don't want to like. I think you guys talked about it there in that in that uh, that um, a podcast. Put it in the box like, you don't or something wanna, like that. Don't just, yeah, yeah. You don't put it in a box and bury it in the backyard. <laughs> That's a bad. You just got to put it on the shelf for a few hours and come right. back to it. Right. Um, so you know, for me, it was uh, really an escape. Um, and so, you know, for anyone else out there, you like look for those things in those hard times that. Um, that you're good at whether it be life or in business you take pride in it and it can like really go a long way for your mental health and your own well-being cool man uh unless you guys have anything else i think uh just thank you uh very much for sharing this that story with us and our listeners and relating it uh to life man because uh it certainly does and uh an inspirational story that that he has come back from where he was and I'm sure, you know, um, you know, it's, uh, really just inspirational and thank you for sharing brother. Sincerely. Yeah. yeah my pleasure. Um, I, I almost feel like anything else we could talk about now is just like totally trivial. What are we going to talk about the new <laughs> Sony camera now? You know, you know, like, um, when well, Jimmy left, he's, his power went out. So we lost Jimmy. Oh man. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, Andy, you did have a conundrum for us. Well, I did, but now yeah. it just seems so trivially stupid, you know? Um, <laughs> but I guess I'll bring we it gotta up. We got to make anyway. a sandwich, Andy. That's your yeah. thing. Right. Let's yeah. Well, make a sandwich. <laughs> I'm good with a sandwich. Go with for moldy it. bread on the outside. <laughs> um, no, my conundrum was, well, it's, it's, it's stupid. It's, I don't even know why I'm bringing this up. But um, so I, 
I was going to do is kind of like a joke thing, but also a serious thing. So uh, let's say that you're a wedding photographer and uh, you land in Denver. Your wedding's in Telluride, seven hours away. <laughs> and as you're as you're driving, hypothetically, uh, yeah, let's just say that you're driving to um, to Telluride. Um, and as you're driving down there, um, you see sirens behind you. They pull you over. And they say that you were driving 65 in a 40 work zone and then give you the ticket and say that it was a $627 ticket for driving 64 in a 40. Um, what do you do in that situation? What, what do you can mean, you get what away with do? or what should you do? You paid the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What do you do? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've come to terms that I'm going to pay the ticket. But so like the, the, uh, oh. <laughs> The points don't transfer, luckily. But uh, yeah. Or are you using this as an excuse to go back to Colorado and fight it? Well, I don't know. This, the court date is like December nineteenth, so I mean, maybe. Yeah. 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 How does the wife do. feel about that? Yeah, no, that's that's way cl- too close to the to due date, due, baby due date. Um, Actually, you know what? Bring us up to date. Did you share with the couple of? Um, yeah. Uh, I so I actually am. Things have been so busy this past week. Um, I actually have started like a draft email to them, and I just want to thank. Um, I already started a draft, uh, like an email, and but well, who is it? I just want to make sure that um, if I go back to that episode, um, Alexandra Mandato. Um, she uh, like on the past episode in the comment section uh, commented like a similar situation that she had. Um, and included uh, a text that she sent to her couple about like the pregnancy and all that. And um, my wife has recently joined the Wedding Photographers Unite Facebook group. She's been listening to this. I accepted her in the yeah. group. <laughs> She's been listening <laughs> I, I, long I, enough. I should have messaged you first. I'm like, should I accept her? Is that <laughs> <no>? <laughs> um, but so she saw that too. And it's just, it's well, really well written. Um, and it's not like my tone of voice, but I'm going to take some of that and kind of combine it with the draft that I had going I had meant to do that earlier this week, but things have been, it's been super busy since I got back. Um, and you know, just trying to catch up with everything. And then like my, my inquiry emails were like for like a week and a half were like not going from my website to my email. So I'm like, I'm thinking like, why did I not get like any inquiries at all? You know, like over the past like week and a half, two weeks. And it was because that website was not working. And then I found it. And then I'm like going back and I'm like re- trying to respond to these people. And it's just been craziness ever since I got back. But, um, but yeah. So that was my, that was my conundrum. Jimmy's back. I'm back. I'm back. Jimmy, what happened there? The power went out? Yeah. It's it a barely a storm, but it mm. happens sometimes here mm. in my little town. Uh, Lindsay, you wanted to talk about the new iPhone and yeah. Jimmy, you didn't say anything, but you <laughs> probably want to talk about that, about that new Sony a nine two. Huh? Huh? Okay. We'll talk about, <laughs> we'll talk about the and, 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 and Nikon rumors are coming out about new camera body with two dual slot time. Ooh, or card slots. It's about time. Oh, that, that, that'd be a first in this camera world. Wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it? Groundbreaking, right? Mind-blowing. All right, Lindsay, talk about the iPhone. Guys, this is huge. This iPhone... For me. Okay, so let me give a little backstory. So I I do a ton of, um, like, mountaineering trips where uh, carrying camera gear is just not in the realm of possibility, where you're hiking at, you know, 14,000 feet, and 
it's, you know, zero degrees out, like you're not going to carry 10 pounds of gear with you. Um, so I, I use my phone and having the option of 13 millimeters or 52 millimeters all in this tiny That's little cool. device that just weighs a few ounces is huge for me. Isn't there a third, um, isn't the for, third option like a telephoto? Like there's three lenses yeah, on the back so there on the Pro. There's, there's two new phones. One has two lenses. Right. It has, I think it's like maybe 24 like, millimeter like and 13 million yeah and then um the the upgrade from that also has it's not a telephoto i think it's 52 millimeters something like that um i thought that third that third lens was like an 80 or something like that or am i totally no no okay keep keep talking i think it's 52 50 something okay it's 52 i'll take a 50 all day yeah yeah i mean um and just to be yeah uh to be able to just take a portrait um it's 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 a nice feature for people who travel a lot and don't like to carry their gear with you kind of bouncing off what jimmy was saying earlier too you know it's work to take your gear with you and then those images they just they live in your camera you don't ever do anything with them because that's time editing your travel photos that you know maybe you should be spending on clients and and i know for me personally those photos just never see the light of day normally yeah. but if they're in my phone um at least maybe i'm i scroll through and look at them every once in a while mm-hmm. uh so um i love this it has a bunch of other um new features um as so, far so as the, the video goes what, did, did video. you actually get it did you actually yeah get i it? bought it I, it hasn't come in yet it's, it's, um, not, it's not the pro one it's the 11 11 Pro is the one I oh, you, ordered. So you have the three lenses. And apparently those yeah. those three lenses are 13 millimeter for ultra wide, which yep. I guess is like ridiculously. It's awesome. 13. I've seen it. Yep. 13. It's a 2.4. 13, 2.4. Two, and then a 26.18. 26, 26, and then a 52.20. Yeah. yeah. The 13 is pretty. In your pocket. It's very cool. Yes. It's very, my assistant it's had it last weekend at a wedding. Cool. And you, uh, I have the uh, the Sony 12 mil, and that's the widest lens I've ever had. And look, I was looking through my camera, and then taking his phone and looking at the 13 mil. I'm like, wow! And when you go from one it's to the other, good. it just goes zoom. It just zooms out. It just seamlessly goes the to one to the other. Yeah, really- when you zoom, it'll zoom in and then transition to the new lens. And then transition so to the new lens. It just wide. It just yeah. goes wide, like as if right. you're zooming out. And, and the yep. perspective is very straight. It's very nice because I, I have, I don't know what the company is. I have the case. You put the phone in the case and you put two lenses, BitPlay, BitPlay. And you put like two other uh, lenses on there. It's a, it's very, very bulky to get a wide lens. And it's it's a little uh, soft focus on the edge. And it's just a pain. I never carry it. I don't know why I bought the damn thing. But uh, yeah, it, I, I'm thinking about getting that phone because it is it is the wide lens is really cool. And I love shooting wide like that, especially with lens around and you get that wide lens. It's cool. You're gonna you're gonna love it. Yeah, they're saying it's sharp all the way to the edges yeah. too, from the reviews that I'm reading. Um, and then it has some like a dark mode deep deep fusion. I think they call it. They have some dumb name for it, but um, it's nine. They basically take nine frames um, for nighttime shots to to sandwich them all on top of each other and give you more depth at nighttime. There's a bunch of cool features. Um, and also for the, I know you guys aren't big Instagram story people or whatever, but um, for people who do like to do a lot of shots oh, at weddings um, behind the scenes, if you want to take video, um, like the front facing camera has a bunch of features that it didn't used to have before. Uh, so for those folks, um, it's a big upgrade too. So I'm excited for it. 
is what five ninety nine for a trade in. Um, I traded in my eight, uh, and I think they gave me like three hundred bucks for that. And the phone is nine ninety nine. So yes, six ninety nine. That's for the top <laughs> one, and the other one's six ninety nine. It's so. a computer. Compa- um, but I. Compared to the StarTac that first came out, that was a thousand dollars in the in the mid nineties. We look at it like this is amazing. It's so small and lightweight. That was a thousand dollars for that. I thing. love that. You phone. go back in time and show someone or any of our phones now, they would pay six figures for that shit. They'd be like, "Are you oh, kidding right. me? What this is ridiculous?" <laughs> so it, it's pricey, but well, but when it, you break it, it down it's, per month. It's not bad. Yeah. So, you know, I, you just you finance it through Apple. You get free Apple yeah. care. It's not like I'm I'm plugging Apple, but no, I, um, it's in your pocket. Yeah, it's like it's 35, 40 bucks a month. It's fine. Yeah. It's it's a it is a it is a it is a cool phone. I I, I have a seven still because I like the size of it, but yeah, I think I'm going to upgrade soon. Um, I mean, we're on these things like several hours a day. I mean, might as well get something you like. <laughs> You know, it's funny we talk about the uh, the Lindsay. You just talk about the job and you going out with this this and that. So my son started playing football. He's thirteen. He's playing uh, you know mid, middle school football. And I said, okay, so on, on your next game, I'm gonna bring my long lens, uh, which is my uh, Nikon now because the 7200 and that's the longest lens I have. And I'm gonna shoot away and I'm gonna show him what it's like to call because <laughs> I'm gonna shoot like crazy. I'm gonna <laughs> the whole time. On him, and I'm going like, you want any of these pictures? You're gonna learn how to cull and see what I do, because he, he just looks at me like, oh, whatever, you know. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm gonna let him, let him do it, because I think uh, I can maybe outsource my culling to him. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, it's uh, I, I now have a different outsource for something like that. Ladies and gentlemen, David Kennedy wrote into the Wedding Photographers Unite Facebook group just like you can. And said, folks, I listened to the latest episode and I have a conundrum. I know you love them. What do you do when you share images with or without a watermark on your page, like a sneak peek highlights, and you tag a client, but then your client just downloads them or screen grabs them and reposts them without retagging or linking back? Thus, guests and potential clients don't get your info in the 30-second attention barrier that people seem to have now. I've had this conundrum the past few times for portraits. Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, Lindsay, you, you blog, I blog a lot. Um, not every wedding, but the, the important ones, let's say with the, the event, the, the, either the venue location, the couple, whatever is involved. Um, and that takes a couple hours, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it takes yeah, a, it takes a while to put all together, write the little bit of blog keyword properly, mm. tag, all that stuff. So if it's something like that and the person's not, uh, putting a watermark on each image, which can, of course, be cropped out. Um, I don't... Uh, Do you watermark your blog images? I used to. I stopped about two years ago. I, Do I like you have your it. blog set up where people can right-click on the photo and, and download it, or is that blocked on yours? Uh, I don't know. They're 1920 with pixel-wise, so you can just screen cap it, and then just, it's the same difference, really. So, it's true. But either yeah. way, either way. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't sweat anymore. I think it's. I think for this for the person writing in, if it looks like it's being abused, that's one thing, which it seems like it is, because uh, it's a it's a vendor related incident. Um, 
then say something, you know. Uh, definitely for a vendor. Yes, yeah, for definitely a vendor, vendor yes. should know for better. Client, sure. you know, it, it, it just happens, you know. Yeah, but People forget. Should, yeah. And, and but remind them often. Yeah, remind yeah, them often. Yeah, but, you know, clients don't care if about our, if well, whether if we book another job off them. They just want their photos and, and share it to their family and friends. 100%. That's all they care about. So, so I would never, So, but but when you when I give them their photos and they get their gallery download link, in that, so I always, so I don't make a sandwich on that. I do like, I do like, hey guys, blah, blah, blah. I'm fun, Andy. Here's your photos, right? Take a look at the info below. And then there's like this line. And then I'm all business, Andy, below that line. And I'm like, uh, you know, uh, make sure that you give credit where credit's due. You know what I mean? Like, this is how my business works. Thanks. You know what I mean? Like, and so, and, and here's your password. Here's how you download it, right? But I feel like segregating it makes sense because I'm still like, I'm like, here's the fun Andy, and then oh, oh, but he is business Andy. He's got all this this shit down here too, and I. But it, but I remind. But I think actually, with that part of it, I remind them in the beginning, like in the in the fun Andy part of the email or or the download gallery link, where I'm just like, hey guys, you know, like make sure if you do post something, you know, please please tag me on social media. This is how my business works. Smiley face, right? It's fun Andy mentioning that. Oh, so we'll do that for fun Andy. We want him to get more business, and if they don't. I don't care. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like I gave them the opportunity. I told them what's it's important to me. If they forget, if they don't, like I would rather have them liking me and referring me to their friends rather than yeah. me after the fact later on being like, Hey guys, you didn't uh, tag me in your photo. I really wanted you to do that. Can you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, I'm like, dude, what is this guy doing? Right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Comes like across as tacky. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The best is my process. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Neil. I was going to say the we best forgot is, to raise our fingers. The best is when clients or like the mother of the bride takes your image off of Facebook. That's that's, of course, watermarked. And you you walk in their house because you're there for like a family shoot year down the road. And there's your Facebook photo in a 16 by 20 canvas printed at Walmart. And it's like pixelated. It looks like crap. It's like, oh, my God, that's when I just want to rip their heads off. But uh, my own family does that to me. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, my own family. Like I'll get Christmas cards in the mail of watermarked photos. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, uh, posting online is just the it's just the deal. Yeah, guys, one more, yeah. one more. And I'm sorry, we're Lindsay. Gonna... Where were you going to say something? Oh yeah, go ahead, Lindsay. Let me talk. Oh yeah, just um. So for people who do blog. Um, so I give the couple the the blog post of the highlights first, and I tell them when I send that to them that I will be providing the gallery, um, whatever, the following day or something, and that they'll be able to download from that. And the hope there is that they'll share the link to the gallery yes. first, mm-hmm. just for the yeah. SEO mm-hmm. um, and for people to see like a more curated version of the wedding than have to sift through 700 photos. Um, and then I'll, and then I'll send the follow-up uh, email with the actual link afterwards. Um, and from there they can download with the, uh, the watermark and everything like that. Um, of course, like you said, they can crop them out and they can still take screenshots of the blog. I just, I hope that they don't. And sometimes they do. And it just kind of is what it is. It's not worth uh, making yourself look like 
super salesy trying to push your your business like people feel i don't want to be a billboard for my photographer that's fine whatever ladies and gentlemen uh, jimmy jimmy ferrar has uh raised his finger and jimmy ferrar you do now have the floor please go ahead (laughs) (laughs) i prefaced this podcast with five of us for the first time saying if we have somebody to speak let's just do a finger up so so the jimmy finger became an issue tonight so Lindsay, yeah the jimmy finger the jimmy finger what happened to the our, our musical instruments. <laughs> oh my All god! All right, so I'll take it a step further with the blog, and I'll 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 do my edit. I'm done. I'll reorganize. I I've said this in the past. I like having like a it's a prep ceremony, portraits, groups, reception details. Then I'll take my favorites. I'll move that to a blog. I'll export those. I'll further retouch those images if need be. Sometimes no. Sometimes, yes. Exit sign in the back, that goes away. Little cable that's in the distance of a telephone line goes out. That doesn't go into the gallery. That's just my blog. It hasn't what? happened yet. Yep, it hasn't. Uh, here's why. It that hasn't happened rude. yet. No, no. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm, I'm waiting for the day when someone says, hey, the photo on, your, on the blog has a telephone line out, but the one for us in our gallery uh, still has a telephone line. I said, yes. Because the the photos on my blog, you're all shaking your head. I'm not even not even done yet. Speaking. I feel like I'm, I'm uh, my cousin Vinny with the. So, Go ahead, finish, finish, finish. All right, okay. So because those images are then quote unquote forever, at least for a while, on the, on the website. They're on my website. They're on the blog. It's the same thing. And then I tell them why would, if they ask but their you know, images are not forever, their images are temporary. Why did you take that out? Because my images are forever <laughs> and your images are temporary, bitch. <laughs> images come and go after three years or so. They, uh, that's old. It's got to go or five or whatever. Wait, so, wait, I, I want to listen. Like, I want to hear the rest of this because I want to oh, know okay. what's inside your mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Because I need uh, more wine. Oh man, <laughs> going to because those images are for my portfolio-based purpose, and I can't go into every 800 photos and further retouch something because every photo could yes, use, could but, do something. But, every yeah, photo but Jimmy, yes. Hold on. <laughs> nope. Not sorry. Go, go ahead. Because go ahead. so then I tell them if you want these photos to be touched, that's what the album is for. Mic drop. Uh, okay. And then All if right. they go, oh, okay, well, we're not getting an album. I'm like, well, we can talk an album. And if they are getting an album, I'm like, yes, every single photo in that album, I look at carefully and go, that little thing can go. You got a spot on your jacket, cloning out everything. So <laughs> it then sparks their, hold on, Andy. It then sparks their mind. Be like, oh, fingers. maybe we should get a book if we didn't get a book or looking forward to the book. Because I, I, can't, I can't, because then if, okay, so if I have a, a series of like five images of a couple Next to this forest, what I just did today uh, at this at this place, in the beautiful background, all backlit. But in the background is this telephone line going across the mall. I'm not going in to re- to retouch. There's about ten or twelve images, but the one I did for the blog, I will. And they're not getting that. I'm sorry, they're not. So that's for the blog. Jimmy, purpose. I that makes sense. I understand why you do it that way. However, yeah. I would just say if you do the work and you spend the time doing that work anyway, I I personally give them the images that way as well like if i if i'm posting it and i'm doing that that or i'm going to use some of my portfolio i make those decisions when i add it through that wedding initially still give them the couple to avoid that that 
I mean, if nobody said anything to you, I guess it's fine. But like, if 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 I'm doing that work anyway, I want them to have the better version if they're going to hang it up. I, I agree. To highlight Man, image, I don't you know. know. So Jimmy, work. I'm doing that work in, in hold on, hold on, Neil. Yeah, I'm also yeah. doing that work in Photoshop, not Lightroom. If if it's something I can do in Lightroom, then it's across the board, right? Jimmy, like, I'm, 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 I'm actually, was a little weird in Lightroom. Jimmy, so, I'm agreeing with yeah. you on this one. You are because okay. because it actually happened once is to where I had, I had my whole Facebook post. Uh, it's it's kind of like a blog post where you post my favorite images, and I and I actually edited out like telephone lines, all that good stuff. And then the bride was like, "I want those images. Can you throw them in my gallery?" And I looked back. I'm like, "Oh my gosh! I only edited the low resolution ones. I never exactly. edited the high res." So so I was like, "Oh man, I'm sorry. I just I just I only edited the low res." Uh, but if you order an album, I'll do that for you. And what do you know? A month later, they ordered our biggest album. So that led to, that, that helped a big sale. So I'm sorry, Andy. I have to agree <laughs> with Jimmy on this one. I think he is on to something here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, long time. You know, we we gotta gotta. We, we are running a business here. We gotta think salesman. And you know, I, I love to give my clients everything, but that did lead to a very very large sale for me. Right, because to do it in Lightroom, you gotta you gotta open it up in Photoshop. It's gotta then come back in Lightroom, and it's just one image out of the again that series of ten or twelve images that looks so much better than the other. They're going to say something there. They might not. Again, hasn't happened yet. They might not even. They look at the blog. They'll scroll through. They'll share it, and that's it. I'm just but, I'm just thinking in my head. I I understand what you're all saying. I get it. I get it. But I'm just thinking in my head. Size of the coin. I'm just thinking in my head. Jimmy's blog post is forever. Diamonds are forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, th the things that are forever, right? Hey, your photos, your wedding photos, those are temporary. You know, those are temporary. And Dude, gonna, I love the my okay. cousin Vinny. I love the my cousin Vinny. Yeah, can you, oh, exactly. don't shake so your head. <laughs> oh yeah, you blend. I can oh my good lord! Um, one more, one more topic, and then we gotta call it because we're going pretty late. Um, Marianne, Natalie. Hornian has written in. Um, she was attended the workshop I did a year or so ago. Um, and she writes in and she says, at a wedding I shot recently, she set her bag down in the bridal suite to do getting ready photos of the bride. And when she left the room to head to the church, she noticed that the case of spare memory cards was gone. I'm going to skip right. to the end of this because this goes on too long. And she has a too long didn't read at the end. And she says, a memory card case and six memory cards went missing at a wedding. And I have probable reason to believe a kleptomaniac bridesmaid took them. And I should not, <laughs> I don't know if I should ask around if somebody took it by mistake or if I should just let it go. What would you do? Would you, would you hunt down those six memory cards? Now there wasn't wedding photos on them. They were just the spare cards that she set down for a second that, that a kleptomaniac yeah. bridesmaid may have taken. Um, do you bring it up with a couple? What do you do? What do you do in that situation? Lindsay, Lindsay's got Lindsay, Lindsay. put up her finger first. Lindsay's first. Lindsay Dario, you now have the floor of Wedding Photographers Unite. You, uh, we yield the floor for two minutes. <laughs> uh, so a few things. One, the privacy of the people on the cards is at stake. So mm -hmm. you know, people don't want their wedding photos just floating around in the world. You never know, like what's on those cards. Um, two, I'm. Personally, I'm just one of those people who has morbid curiosity and I would like totally want to know if somebody stole the cards because I just think that's people are interesting and like that's crazy. Why would someone do that? And I would just want to know. Um, and also, it just can't hurt to ask. You don't have to accuse anyone of anything. You can just say like, hey, I didn't 
Do those cards turn up anywhere? And if they know that they have a klepto friend, they might just be like, oh, I bet so-and-so took those cards and dig them out for you. Who knows? Man, but at least it was I the, think you the cards, right? I mean, can you imagine it was like if you left your spare camera? Like, I do that all the time. Like, at, at the reception, yeah. I, like, put one of my one of my cameras down by the DJ table or something like that with all the wedding oh, yeah. photos all day, right? I get nervous about that. I shouldn't do that. Go ahead, Liz. Yeah, there was a, a conversation in another uh, Facebook group that I'm in today about just that. Um, someone was saying, like, why would you ever take your cards out of your camera? You should leave both cards in all day. Um, I don't know about you guys. I personally leave one card in all day, and then I cycle a few others out just in case, like, a, the camera gets stolen and then both cards are gone, or I drop it in a river, or you know, just something crazy happens to that camera. What do you guys do with that? Uh, we talked they, about that in the past. Uh, yeah, personally, stay, I'm, yeah. I'm a one card, I'm a 64 gig, and then the backup is whatever JPEG. I went back to the JPEG thing. Um, it's the one camera, one, one card's in that camera, and then at the so end of the day, it goes right into a, n- no. I used to, uh, my fear is, is something happening to that card along the process of taking it out, putting it somewhere, mm-hmm. either a pocket, a little, a little pouch. I have, these, I have these tiny little things that are like little squares are like two inches and they open up and they go in a pocket and they're pretty cool. But, um, most of my pants have like those, that little pocket, you know, the, the men's pants have that jean pocket, that little thing. So cards go in there perfectly fine. They're on me. They're not going anywhere. But, you know, again, the backups in the camera, I just like the idea of not thinking about it, shooting it, trusting the card, trusting the backup, and then not dealing with switching cards. Yeah, there's the, the two schools of thought are, you know, keep all your eggs in in uh, in one basket or there's the people say that you shouldn't and you should swap them out from time to time. But I'm more of a I'm more of a believer that you leave the big cards in all day. I would stand more of a chance of dropping one by switching them that kind of thing however yeah. I, I do yeah. i like that idea of splitting the difference um and i've i haven't really i've never done that which is like keep one in all day and then rotate the other the other slot um because i yeah because actually when i was in on this most recent wedding in colorado we were like out in this field and i'm like getting all excited and all this kind of stuff i set one camera body down and i'm shooting with the other one and then i look to my second i'm like where's uh, you know my other camera and it was like off in the field and I had to like look through the field for like 30 seconds. I'm like, holy shit, there it is. But I'm thinking like, I've got all the, you know what I mean? Like all these images on that, on that camera. Cause we, cause we were going all day at that point. I'm like, man, like that. And then I kind of did think like, maybe I should, you know, like keep you like, like have a big card that stays in all day and then like maybe rotate in the smaller one. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, that's, but Andy, that's you, exactly you wouldn't what have, I do. You wouldn't have just taken out that camera at that. Oh, that card at that given point anyway. No, right, but had so he done it, but, after had I, prep, but, but, but that was the end of the day for me, and and if I did do that like once or twice, you know what I mean? Like I, it is, it is more to think about. So I don't like the idea of extra yeah. things to think about throughout the day. Um, but but worst it's case not, scenario, yeah. if you leave it in, then whatever you just shot on two cards, it's fine. But if you remember, so I try to do it like the beginning of the ceremony and the beginning of the reception. But if I'm busy and I don't get a chance to, both are still high capacity cards. So I can still keep shooting if I have to. It is more. But if I remember and I have the time, I'll swap it. 
I was, yeah, and I was going to end of the night too. I'll separate all my cards. So I'll have one in camera with everything from the day that's in my bag. And then like in my hand or whatever other bag I have with me, I'll have all the other cards I've been swapping out of. So if someone robs me on the way to the car and they steal my camera bag, at least I have my other cards in my yeah. pocket or wherever. Right. I mean, I know that's like super paranoid, no, but, but no, you're, we you're, need to hey, be very correct. We need to be, you're right. Yeah. 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 Neil, Keep go ahead. You're, you're some... your person. Neil, hmm? Neil, you were. Oh no, I was, I was. No, I was going. I think she already answered it. Is that uh, do you do you have a time of day as to where you really switch? Is it right after the ceremony? Right after the the portrait session? Going into the reception? What when do you make that switch? Because I'm I'm pretty interested in. Yeah, so like if I'm walking into the reception, I'm going to be setting up my light stands and do it like mm-hmm. you know just kind of yeah. fussing with gear, getting everything ready for the the rest of the evening, and I'll just swap a card out then. I mean, it takes two seconds. Um, yeah. And like I said, if I if I forget, I can keep shooting on that card. It's not a big deal. But if I if I can switch them out, I will. You know that that's a very good idea. I, I like that because during the reception, I mean, who knows who's walking around? You know, you you, you put the camera down at the DJ booth for a couple minutes, and then all of a sudden you walk back and it's gone. I mean, I I like that idea of having that little backup. You know, that's that's pretty good. I like it. I usually go from two cameras to one at some point during the reception too. So my bag is it's really just sitting there in a corner against the wall with the cameras Mm -hmm. ready to grab. So if there were two cards in there, then that's it. They're gone. Nick, you guys all shoot with two bodies because I I shoot with mainly one body. I've kind Mm -hmm. of oh I tried the two body thing once and it wasn't. I just didn't like it. I'm I'm one. I'm one body. And er. Oh, I'm, I'm... Neil, you froze there. What are you? Two or three? three. Neil, you're two. Three. 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 <laughs> I'm do, three now. Do you, do you actually shoot those three all day? Not or, all day. Or is one a backup? There, there's certain times of the day. There's certain times. Uh, one's a backup, and I shoot with two. So it's, But I do pull out the third once in a while. Right. Um, it, it, and I just throw my 14 to 24 on there. Um. So I never have to switch that well, up. Well, I will say that I am now going to weddings, at least local weddings, with four cameras, two Sonys, and two old Nikons. Show off. Two old Nikons that sit in the back of my Jeep because they're not worth <laughs> enough to sell. So they On just... the floor, right? <laughs> right. No, but but what, I do. I have what my are no... they? Are they 750s? There's, I'll buy some off you. Well, do you want to buy my 750? Because I don't know if you know what my 750s <laughs> oh, look like. True. One of the that's things, cause, you know, like spins around constantly. Do you know what I mean? Like, no. Yeah, if you know mind. anything about the way I take care of my gear, you don't want to buy my shit. Let me, let me just tell you. you know, it's funny. This past weekend, I took um, my old Nikon D, old, but my Nikon D5 I hadn't shot with in a year. Oh, that's so this, old. Oh my I know, right? That camera's still <laughs> yeah. awesome. So I took that with the 7200 only just to have the, that camera with the 7200 on me and, and the Sony with whatever else, right? I hated it. Hated it. I hated going from mirrorless to DSLR. It was like, whoa, what am I seeing right now? I'm looking, I'm not seeing the image. I'm going, and I, at one point I'm like, that's it. D five's going away. I, I, I love that lens, but it's either I'm going to shoot with that only or, or like DSLR or go to my Sony. I went to my Sony. I had more versatility with the other lenses. I didn't like it at all. I thought I would like it. And I'd love that camera. I'd love that camera. It's an amazing. Mr. Tank. Urban, we yield the floor to you. Yeah. I want to, I want to bring Nick into this. Nick, what are you shooting? What do you think of all this? Uh, this mirrorless stuff. Fill us in. You're the new guy. Yeah. Sorry, Lindsay. Here um, it comes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a Canon guy uh, forever, like literally since the beginning, uh, my first camera. Um, 
and they just couldn't keep they couldn't they didn't keep up they just i feel like canon was like well you got 10 grand in our glass you're not going anywhere and i don't feel like they've been innovating and so i was getting my uh, canon 5d mark three that i was getting to the end of its life still worked fine but i'd replaced the shutter twice and i'm this year going into the season i was like i just can't i don't i don't feel like i can trust it it's just coming to bride coming down the aisle like there's just too much on that moment and so i uh, had rented that the sony a9 <laughs> uh no i'm sorry not the a9 the um a7 three yeah a7 three thanks uh, last year, and I was blown away. It was like going mm-hmm. from a flip phone to a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's how I, I mean. You guys have, who have used it, you—it's unbelievable. The tech that's in that thing is just remarkable. So this year, I was like, "All right, well, this, this is the real reason that we had Nick on the podcast to just to reinforce, to just reinforce our Sony position." Everybody, <laughs> I'm hoping that I'm really so. I bought the. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, I asked. I'm, I, I'm hoping that it that. Uh, I've been using it all year. I love the Sony. I actually really hope that Canon comes out with a mirrorless that's for professionals because um, I just have all the Canon glass and the converter works good enough, but there's still some limitations that are frustrating. And I would rather just, I'd rather, because if I stay with Sony, then I'm going to switch on my glass eventually. And that's just a huge loss that I'd rather not, I'd rather not do. So, Nick, I did the same thing uh, a year ago. Uh, the converter, no matter what system it is, Nikon, Canon, it works 70, 80% tops. And you're just like, the focus is like, eh, eh, it's not finding yeah. it. You got to re-click the lens back on the body because it's not just yeah. con- connecting right. Um, yeah, I eventually, have, like, you're going to go that, native glass. Yeah, yeah exactly. I have exactly. like, I know with my 70 to 200, like I can't focus on the outside. Like I have to keep it like inside that grid pretty much. Like yes. the square has oh, to like be inside that. the grid. So I know what the limitations are. So I feel like now I'm at like 90, 95% cause I just know what I can and can't do. You're right. But my first wedding though, I was terrified. Like I've been shooting with it, but like, you don't, it, it takes a real job to really start to learn about your gear. You can shoot as much as you want at home and around and on little shoots, yeah. but wedding days are just so vast. What do you There's have so for your different things going on? What do you have for your Sony? Any n- native glass at all? I bought a, uh, so I started doing some video. Uh, this year that I hadn't done, I, I used to do video all the time and I added that back into my, uh, into my business and I'm kind of doing photo video kind of at the same time, like a hybrid kind of thing. Um, and so I needed something that had the autofocus because it's, I don't mind doing the manual focus, which I have to do with the Canon lenses. Cause I did that with the SLRs for years doing video. So it's not, it's not crazy, but the, big advantage of sony is their autofocus system and in there in the um uh with video so i've ended up buying like a 250 fifty dollar, like a nifty 50 uh 50 millimeter uh 1.8 that i use oh, the sony 1.8 yeah the sony yeah oh, i'm like i'm not i'm not sure yeah it's not it's not <laughs> I great just sold it last week but like i'm not gonna spend if i'm thinking about going back to canon hoping that they do something in the next you know six months before next wedding season well didn't I'm, they come I'm out with the gonna, rp didn't they come out with something or is it just not dual card no, slot? No, no, it's not, not dual, dual card slot. It's it's, a, it's, it's the same thing as the Nikon first that Z six oh, okay, and Z seven. Okay. It's the same thing. They're it's like Basically underwhelming. 
Um, but uh, I less like Sam Hurd is shooting it and really liking it or something like that. But like, I don't Susan know. Stripling too. Yeah, Johnson B is too. Which which I'm sorry. As much yeah, as I eyes right now. Right, I have to say about anybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your name is. If you're shooting one exactly. card, you are yep. should not be. Uh, that is unprofessional. Yeah, I can't imagine. Shouldn't be doing it. I'm just sorry, man. Like like I've had too many situations with cards and dual card slots. I I I just need to reiterate that position because I, I well look at what we just talked about with Lindsay you know exchanging yeah, right. the, taking our yeah. you can't do that right yep you know I, yeah, I, I you guys play with that Nikon Z by the way have you guys I seen played it? with it yeah I, I played with it too I I don't like it it's all right I don't like it <laughs> I, but but where where it goes from here is who knows uh just just the last thing uh and I'm just mentioning it in passing uh, they did announce the Sony A nine two which basically yep. is is actually a little bit underwhelming from what I've what I've heard. Yeah. It's just basically the next version. Um, it it includes the A seven R four uh stuff in it, but other than that, it's just a kind of hybrid between the A seven R four A nine two for yeah. a lot of money. Um, it's a Canon move. Yeah, but in they terms just did what Canon did. In terms of time, I think Years. it's uh we got to wrap this one up because we're going pretty long here. So we are going long. Hey, uh, pe- people wanted longer episodes, so here you go. Yeah, here go. you go. Yeah, take take five of us and try and condense that to like uh, less <laughs> than, than an hour and a half, and good luck with that. Um, I'm not gonna lie, this this ended up being okay. This was yeah. pretty good for five of us. Yeah, we just have even, to... even though we lost Jimmy for half the show. So. Right? <laughs> was it half the show? Oh no, yeah, no, I'm kidding. Because it would have no. been this would have been at least another ten minutes. If I you know what I, I'll yeah. listen back. I'm sorry, I don't know what I missed. <laughs> All right, guys. Can I, can I end with one thing? Yes. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully this isn't. I think it's. A, I think it's an upper. Um, one of the things I, 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 I think is the one of the more valuable things that we took out of our experience is, um, is it's okay to find joy in the midst of a hard time, and to be and to find little bits of happiness. And we've talked to a lot of families and a lot of people who have been through just difficult situations, and um, the temptation is to feel guilty about being. I don't mean you're out like partying all the time, but like my wife and I would be in the hospital and we'd watch Seinfeld and it felt you at first you feel guilty. Like, Oh my gosh, wait, I, everything's supposed to be sad. And that, I think that translates to relationships, to life situations, to losing your job, to all these different things, not just to my situation. But so I just want to say to everybody out there, you know, if you're going through a difficult time, put positive people around you, um, look for some solutions and it's okay to find little bits of joy here and there, or maybe a lot, um, in the midst of it, it's not wrong. Um, again, there's a, there's a line there, but, um, you know, you gotta be able to take care of yourself too, because, you know, our marriage, I think strengthened through that time. And it's because we took in the middle of that. And it's really easy to let those things go. Um, so, um, you know, for everyone in a, in a tough time, hang in there. There's lots of good people around that, you. That's what comedy is yeah. part of. Yeah. It. What is about? About yeah, it's about. absolutely. You know, and you and you know what, Nick? Um, thank you for sharing your story. And I I can't I I want to speak for Andy, but this is one of the reasons why we created this show. Yes. Um, for the human element of, of what we do. And thank you so much for sharing. And, um, I know last episode I was talking about leaving just because I was probably stressed under my own schedule and what I've coming up. And, um, I can't imagine myself leaving the show. This is like the perfect show 
this is kind of like what I always imagined this show would be, and it is happening right now. So I thank you to everybody who's listening right now, and you, and the four of you for for joining me on on the show. So this has been a pleasure. Ah, oh, you're the best, Neil. We love you. Yeah. I love all Huge you guys, man. It was here. a good episode. We're, you're all good people. Yeah, thanks, thanks again, man, for jumping on. Uh, this has been one seventeen of Wedding Photographers Unite, and let's uh, Nick. Where can people find you? Uh, NickDantonio.com, N-I-C-K-D-A-N-T-O-N-I-O. Um, uh, social media is Nick D'Antonio Photo. And Ms. Daddario? I am Daddario.com, D-E-D-A-R-I-O.com. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay at work, and it's Lindsay with an A. And Mr. Jimmy Ferrara? Uh, JamesFerrara.com, at J Ferrara Photo. And I want to toast you guys. Thank you again for being here. I have a double weekend wedding, and I'm turning 50. Five effing zero. And uh, I got a wedding that day, and then we're done by seven, and I don't know what's happening after that. I don't know. But um, it's in Connecticut. It's a little bars away. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see, because the couple knows I'm turning 50. I'm not taking anything from them. But let's just see, because I've been there before over the years on my birthday falling on a wedding day, and it's always failed. (laughs) So it might be an interesting story. We'll see. And Mr. Neil Urban, where can people find you? NeilUrban.com, N-E-L-U-R-B-A-N.com. And I have an iPhone book in the works, because we were talking about the iPhone today. So... Go, uh, go support that so I can make a sequel and do it with the new iPhone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and my name is Andy Buscemi. The last name is spelled B-U-S-C-E-M-I. And follow me on the Instagrams. Just uh, search my name and find me over there and Facebook and see you around. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. We will catch yeah. you next time. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Slide rule. Neil, get your... Get your oh, get oh, this. oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What a perfect ending. <laughs> All right. Okay. We got to make a new there. intro song with our instruments. Right. <laughs> <laughs>